Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you find you enjoyed it or learned something new, do me a favor, smash that like button and consider subscribing. Now, let's get started. On December 13th of 2022, Defendant Brian Koberger, in the case of the four slain University of Idaho students, Kaylee Gonsalves, Maddie Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zana Cornodo, left with his father, Michael, in tow for a cross-country road trip back home to Pennsylvania. Unbeknownst to either Brian or Michael, law enforcement, knowing that his cell phone placed him in the King Road neighborhood, where the crime occurred at least a dozen times over the past few months, wanted to keep a watch on Brian. Unfortunately, thanks to part two of Airmail Magazine's article about the case, we now know that the FBI lost track of Koberger and his 2015 white Elantra right at the start of the long trip. Basically, as soon as he and his father Michael pulled away from Brian's parking space at Washington State University in Pullman. It was at that point that Brian took a strange turn and headed south toward Loma, Colorado, where he told his father he would pick up the I-70. Michael Koberger had already Googled the directions from Pullman to Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, he knew that the most logical and direct route was basically a straight line across the country on I-90. So he was surprised by his son's insistence on that southern route, which added many extra hours and possibly even an extra day to the already incredibly long 2,500-mile journey back home. In fact, to drive the 902 miles from Pullman, Washington to Loma, Colorado, takes on average 14 hours and 53 minutes, nearly 15 hours. And it really wouldn't get the father and son all that much closer to Pennsylvania. Take a look at the map. Brian told his father that he wanted to take I-70 home because he wanted to avoid the more northern route on I-90, which likely guaranteed poor winter driving conditions. But Colorado is celebrated for its ample snowfall, especially in the month of December. Vail, Aspen, Breckenridge, Steamboat Springs, and more are all meccas for skiers. I looked at the average snowfall in the closest big city to Loma that I could find on the map. I chose Glenwood Springs. Glenwood Springs gets, on average, 10.8 inches of snow in December. Note that Vail gets 28 inches on average, and Steamboat Springs gets a whopping 35.8 inches of snow in December. Colorado is a very snowy state in December. For the Koberger's entire 15-hour car ride from Pullman to Loma, Colorado, the FBI had no clue where they were and was unable to keep an eye on the white Elantra. 
It was only when Koberger went through the one traffic light in Loma that a license plate reader read his new Washington plates, and voila, the FBI was back in business. Now, from what we currently know, Brian Koberger was at this point unaware that law enforcement even knew about him and his 2015 white Elantra. Remember, the Moscow police had publicly announced they were looking for a 2011 to 2013 white Hyundai Elantra. It's possible, and maybe even likely, that Koberger had no clue the police were on to him at this point. So why did Brian Koberger really drive south to Loma to reach the I-70 when that 15-hour trip of 902 miles did not propel him or his father much closer to home? Was it really because of the weather? We know Colorado likely would have made for snowy driving conditions, or did Brian have other ideas in mind? Despite him maybe not being aware that law enforcement were on to him, did he still prefer to take an unexpected route home just in case the cops were on his trail? Maybe? That seems like something a student of criminology might do if he committed a crime like the one in Moscow, Idaho. Did Brian Koberger have other plans for that jaunt? Those 15 hours are not just several hours. That's a very long time. And it would have taken the Kobergers past mountains and also right past Utah's Great Salt Lake. Could Brian have selected that route? A, to throw any possible eyes of law enforcement off his trail, and B, to throw away evidence of the crime, perhaps the clothing and footwear worn during the commission of that crime, and maybe even the weapon used. I think those are distinct possibilities. I could see Brian having a bag of clothing tucked away in the trunk, maybe disguised as garbage or something for goodwill, and finding a way to discard it along the route, either when his dad wasn't watching or when his dad was perhaps at a rest stop along the way. Maybe his dad went into a restroom for a bathroom break. I think Brian could easily have tossed evidence along that route without his father seeing. Remember, Michael Koberger likely had no clue his son might be responsible for the horrific crime in Moscow. Most parents are not going to jump to that horrible conclusion right from the jump, unless their child has already done something like that before and they were aware of it, and of their child's very dark, very violent thoughts. I will submit to you that losing track of Brian Koberger for 15 hours is more than just an embarrassment for the FBI. It may mean that any clothes worn during the crime and the weapon used may never be found. How will they ever search that entire journey, every mountain pass, every rest stop, every inch of the Great Salt Lake? There's no way that they can. I'm actually thinking that Brian Koberger perhaps had this little trip down to Loma to catch the I-70 in his plan all along. 
Maybe it was a backup plan. Maybe he thought, if law enforcement does find me somehow, let's say I make a mistake and maybe leave a leather sheath behind at the crime scene, or perhaps they trace the white Elantra to my 2015 white Elantra, maybe it would be better if I drive home on I-70 because they'll never think that I would go that route. The most direct, most logical route home would be I-90. So that would be where they would go to look to see if I dropped anything along the way. I don't know. I'm just thinking. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Hey, let me know what cases you guys are interested in and that you would like me to cover. Also, if you want a break from the Idaho case or the Alec Murdoch case, check out my video on The Heiress and the Cowboy. It's a really good bed crime story, and if you grab a hot drink, maybe a hot toddy or a brandy or a whiskey, I don't know, a tequila, maybe a rum, grab a blanket, sit down on the sofa, you're going to enjoy it, I promise.